First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. First three verses of First John chapter 3. John writing, of course, to the beloved, to the church. And he said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, saints of God, church, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And you know, we, a lot of times we, verse 1 and 2 are where we sign off. But this third verse, I think, means so much, especially for what we want to talk about tonight. Every man that has this hope in him. We have this hope of being his child, of him being our father, of knowing that we're going to see him again one day. If we have this hope, then we take steps. We purify ourselves. So every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. In other words, we're holy because he's holy. I believe it was in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 where Paul mirrored this same thought where he, he said, seeing that we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and you know, for us to pursue holiness. And, and so um, tonight we're going to talk about uh, being committed to who we are. Being committed to who we are. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you tonight for your precious word, for your presence that we feel for your love and mercy. We thank you for that great love that you loved us with that has made us your children. Lord, tonight let us hear what you would say. Open our hearts. Make us better. Make us more like you. We're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight for, for his word, for his presence. Aren't you glad you know who you are? And aren't you glad you know who you belong to tonight? Love the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. And you can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Committed to who we are. Commitment is a key ingredient to success in any part of life. It doesn't matter how talented you are at something. If you're not committed to it, you won't be good at it. Talent, after a while, will begin to fade if you don't sharpen it. You need to be committed. You know, you've heard people say they're a natural athlete. Well, that may be true, but they do need to train and be committed if they're going to excel in an area. Uh, but even with all this, with in being committed in certain areas of our life, I, that is a, a big thing that I mentioned during premarital counseling is that it doesn't matter how much you say you love each other. If you're not committed, it's going to turn up empty. It's not going to produce because a lot of people say they love one another, but they have no commitment. And I don't ever want to be guilty of telling the Lord how much I love him, but not be committed to him. 
Being committed to who we are as children of God is probably the most important thing you will ever decide to do in your life because that's the only thing that's going to save you. Uh, you can be committed to showing up for every service, but if you're not committed to being his, come on, get an amen in there. <laughs> come on, we, we, can, we, can be, uh, we can show up and, and we can... Uh, we can be committed to learning scripture. We can be committed to quoting it. We can be committed to all kinds of ministries and programs and things. But if we are not committed uh, to being his, uh, we cannot shine the light that we need to shine. Because we don't just shine a light uh, when we're in our roles or when we're in our house or when we're on our platform behind our pulpits, but we shine a light in this world. When we're in here, man, the light's on. There's a bunch of, you know, we got a house full of lights right now. It's not dark in here. It's when you get out of this, this building here that you find that I need to be who I am so people will know who he is. I need to be committed to who I am, who God has made me. There are many places in Scripture that prove the benefits of not just being God's creation, not just being one of his chosen people, but actually being committed to him. You could look as far back as Joshua and Caleb and find that uh, when they were sent along with other spies to check out the promised land that when they returned to give their report, it was only Joshua and Caleb who said, we are able to take this land. But uh, others said, no way, uh, this land will eat us up. It will destroy us. And uh, Caleb and Joshua pleaded with the people no, we can do this. God is with us and we can take this land. But the people prevailed. But uh, because they were committed, 40 years later, they did find their way into the promised land. Uh, they were blessed because of their commitment to who they were and who God was to them. You could read in the book of Daniel and you'll find even in captivity that people were committed to who they were because of who God was. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were threatened with their lives, the fiery furnace, if they did not bow down and worship the idol of the king, but they said, we're not even careful to answer in this. We're not even choose our words. We're not doing it. That's it. So they threw them in the fiery furnace, yet the fourth man showed up and uh, delivered them, and they were promoted in that kingdom. And not just that, but God was exalted as the king made a decree that uh, no one could... Uh, worship or serve another God but their God and, and then Daniel uh, when he knew that a decree was made that you can't petition anybody but the king uh, he still it said went and knelt before his window and prayed every day as he did before he stayed committed to who he was it did cost him uh, a trip to a den of lions overnight but he came out the next morning alive and well and he was also promoted in the kingdom Paul at the end of his life, said, I have finished my course. That's commitment. I have fought a good fight. That's commitment. I have kept the faith. That's commitment. And he said, and now there's a crown of life laid up for me, but just not, not just me, but for all those that love his appearing. Uh, John said, we know that we're going to see him. He's coming. And so, uh, and then mostly, I guess you could just look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because he was uh, the one who would uh, suffer for our salvation. And as he prayed in the garden, 
not my will, but thy will be done. If this cup won't pass except I drink it, thy will be done. And even when those that loved him tried to fight for him and, and, and do things to stop this, he said, he said, I could call legions from heaven right now, angels to fight for me and deliver me, but then how would the scriptures be fulfilled? How could the things that were written of me come to pass? That's why he would answer when he was being judged. It was to this end that I was born, and he endured the cross because of the joy that was on the other side of it. That was a commitment. And so uh, first and foremost, we must be committed to who we are in him. We cannot uh, be uh, just, uh, you know, a, a Sunday Christian or a Wednesday Christian or a camp meeting Christian or, you know, it, that, that don't work. That's not commitment. Uh, that's, uh, I, I don't want to be like, uh, uh, I don't want to be like Charlie Brown. I don't want to be wishy-washy. You know, I want to, I want to be committed. I want to be like the, the writer that said, oh God, my heart is fixed. In other words, not fixed in the meaning of repaired, which uh, God did repair it. He took it out and put a new one in. But he said, now my heart is, when something is fixed, it's there. It's in a solid place. It's not going anywhere. And God, my heart's fixed. And one writer said, I have set my face like a flint. I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to stick with the Lord and I'm going to stay with him and I'm going to be what he wants me to be. And, and as we go through this life, setting our sights on what we want to become and achieving you know, success maybe in this life, raising a family, a, a good job, a, a career, education, uh, we want to acquire everything that we can to be our best. Even in the church, we want to be the best and have the best services that we can have, the best programs that we have. We want, we want to do everything with excellence. We want to be our best, but if in our quest for things we lose sight of our origination, then we lose hope of our destination. That's a, that's a good something to stitch on a pillow. If you lose sight of your origination, you lose hope of your destination. You need to remember where you came from. You've got to be committed to who you are and what got you there. Hello. Friend, I'll tell you, when I came into this thing, I was so thankful for what God did in my life. I knew uh, and declared it that, that night, then and there. I am never going back. Whatever this is, I'm sticking with it. And I hope it'll stick with me. And I found out that it will. And he's true to his word. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I won't leave you comfortless, but I'll come to you. I, I got no worries about where God's going to be. And I don't ever want him worrying about where I'm going to be. I don't want him ever wondering, uh, you know, in one place in the scripture, he had a lot of disciples following him and he was teaching one day and it said, and from that time, many went back. He turned around and looked at the 12 and he said, will you also go away? Well, I hope the Lord never finds me in a situation where, he, where he's even supposing that I might turn my back and walk off. But Peter said, to whom would we go? You have the words. And we're sure you have the words to eternal life. Got nowhere else to go. It's not even a question, Lord. There's nowhere else to go. And so I want to make sure that I am committed, though, to who I am. You know, over time, commitment, if we're not serious about it, can lose its fire and its fervor. 
We get into a routine. We get into a rut, so to speak. We, uh, it's just, uh, it becomes normal, and if we're not careful, we become complacent. You know, we can do that in our anything, that, uh, whether it's a hobby, it's working out, it's, you know, uh, even relationships, if we're not careful, that we're just so used to the relationship that we begin to take it for granted, and we're not really committed who we are supposed to be and what our role is actually supposed to be. And so uh, in this scripture, uh, reading this, this is one of these scriptures that this will help you in your decision-making when you are living for God. If you can remember what John says about us. He says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Friend, there is no understanding of this right now. There is no greater love than the love that Jesus has had for us. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay his life down for his friends. And when we feel like, well, maybe I'm not worthy, well, God's got an answer for that. God commended his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the great love wherewith he loved us. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you today, if it had not been for the love of Jesus, if it had not been for that love of the Father, friend, that he loved us before we ever loved him, we wouldn't be able to even enter into this conversation. But tonight, because of that love, and the actions of that love that he shed his blood. And the Bible says we have been made or brought near because of the blood of Jesus. And so I'm glad tonight to know that uh, he had this love towards me. And that I should, what great love it is that I, I know who I was. He knew who I was. And yet he would still call me son. Friend, I don't want to forget uh, uh, who I was, where I was when he found me. I don't want to forget where I came from when I made my way to him. It's just like the, the prodigal son. He was uh, so sure that the father could not accept him as the son anymore that he said, you know, here's the thing, the prodigal son story in a nutshell. He says, give me my inheritance. I, I'm, I'm leaving this joint. I'm getting out of here. And he walks away with an inheritance from the father, but he has no way to sustain it. He left his commitment of who he was and walked off into the world carrying what he got from the father thinking, I don't have to be around the father to be all right. But when he was away from home, and this is it, you listen, the world will take and take and take until you have nothing left. And let me tell you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But when you start getting away from the house, when you start getting away from the Father, when you drop that commitment of who you are as a child of the King, you have no way to sustain the gift that God has put in you. We're supposed to be stirring up the gift within us. We're supposed to be exercising ourselves unto godliness. We're supposed to be working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And, and if we just take this and walk away and think it'll keep me uh, the rest of my days, we'll soon find ourselves with nothing 
just as the prodigal did. The world drained him. It was only going out. Nothing was coming in. No real relationship. No real friendship. No real love. No, no companions. Nothing. He found himself uh, uh, working in the hog pen, working with the swine, and was so hungry he said he would just, I, I would eat the husk if they would let me. Uh, but he said, but no man would give to him. They wouldn't even, we're not even going to give you our pig's food. And he was so sure as he remembered his father's house. Oh, even servants have it better in my father's house. I'll just go back and, and say, you know, Father, I sinned in your sight. I'm not worthy to be your son. Just, I'll just be a hired servant, but at least I'll have a place to sleep and a place, something to eat. But when he got there, the father saw him and he ran to him and he fell on him. Oh, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon me that I should be called his son. When I ignored him, when I denied him, when I walked away and wasted everything that he had gave me, and, and yet he still would fall on me and say, this is my son. He didn't say, here comes a new hired hand. But when everybody, when the, the, when the, the elder brother was upset over things, he said, we ought to be happy because this is my son. That was dead, but he's alive again. He's back. And, he's, and so God just proved him wrong. said, look, you're my son. Just come back. Come back to your commitment. Come back. So what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And now that we become his, it says, therefore, for this reason, the world does not know us because it doesn't know him. That's why we let our light shine. That's why it's so important to be committed so we can show people this is what the love of God will do to an individual. No matter how bad they were, where they came from, what they were into, this is the change that the love of God can make. And the world, listen, the world doesn't know us. We don't have that relation with the world anymore. We're strange and curious to the world and even one place it says they, they wonder why you don't run with them anymore to that same excess of rioting and, and, and things of the world. They, they wonder what happened. Where'd they go? Well, Jesus found us. We found Jesus. But then he says, and this is, is just so good. I've just been preaching to myself in this one line today. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I say now. That means in this present time, now. And when I think about that, I, I remember that if I can be committed to who I am, every second of my life is a now because I'm living in the present. And now am I the son of God. Now am I his child. Because of his love, because of what he's done, I'm his child. Do you know that the prodigal son was still the father's son and he still thought of him as his son when he couldn't see him? When he was out there doing everything under the sun, he was still my boy. And I want you to know today that you're his. Once you become his, you're his. There's either, there's two kinds of children, obedient and disobedient. That's it. <laughs> 
And so he said, now are we the sons of God. So you need to remember that whatever situation you find yourself in, you are a child of God. You are his right now in this present time. You, you, you're going to get what I'm saying in a minute. At this present time or right now, you may be struggling, but you're still his. You might be worrying, but now are you his child? You might be sick in your body, but now are we the children of God? You might be fearful, making mistakes, fighting depression, fighting addiction, fighting anger, resentment, shame, or hurt, but now in this present time are you a child of God? Oh, you ought to just start getting happy right now because your situation doesn't change who you are. The mistakes you made don't change who you are. Working in the pig pen don't change who you are. You just got to get back to the commitment and be committed to who the love of God made you. Oh, you need to come on and get a little happy now because I can promise you as long as you walk in this life, you're going to have trouble, but you can remember that at this present time in the middle of my mess, I got a father. I know who I belong to. I know whose I am. I know who he is. And I know that there's promises that come along and provision that comes along with that. Come on, somebody. Oh, let me tell you, that's how I can get through the day today. When I get that phone call that's upsetting, I can figure out how to handle it if I just go, now am I a child of God. When somebody upsets you and comes against you or lies on you, you can figure out how to handle it if you'll just go back to this verse and say, but now am I a child of God and how has my father taught me to behave? How has he taught me to react? Mm. Come on, there's, there's promises and provision from the father uh, being his child. He said, we're victorious. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're more than conquerors through him that gave himself for us. There's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. Uh, he said, after the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I have come that you might have life more abundantly. Uh, he loadeth me daily, loads me with benefits. He doesn't sprinkle me with benefits. He loads me with benefits. We've been made to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Uh, we have getting up power when we belong to the Father. Though I fall, I shall arise. Uh, the Bible says we have mercy daily for the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. Forgiveness, if we confess our faults, he is faithful to forgive us. Restoration, and I will build again the ruined places. Uh, we have a refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord and companionship with him because he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, there's blessings to being committed to who you are. And when you can realize that uh, uh, this little, little old three-letter word, now, means present time. And so anytime you can think of this scripture, no matter what you're going through, now, the doctor can say, well, I see this on the x-ray. Now am I a child of God. You can get called into the office at work. I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. But now am I a child of God. You can, get, you, you can get your heart broke. You can be stabbed in the back. You can be lied on. You can lose uh, things in this life, but you can say, but now am I 
a child of God. And friend, there is no greater role, there is no greater title that we will bear in this life than being the sons and daughters of God. Oh, I'm thankful tonight for the love of God. Now, oh, you're going, you're going to get this going. This, this is going down the road. I heard somebody say one time, that's what they call the way home because you get it on the way home. You, you, you're going to get this. You're going to be all of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, I, now I see it. Now I see it. Yeah. Next, next time the Lord comes through, oh, now I get it because now, listen, I want to be committed to who he is. Listen, what, uh, no, no one, make sure you know that you're his. Don't you know it? Can I, let, let, me, let me remind you. I got time to remind you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, well, I can, I'm glad for that. It lives in me. It dwells in me. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by a spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. When the spirit moves in and we become his, there's a way to live. There's a commitment to keep. For if you live after flesh, you'll die. But if through the spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body because now you are the children of God, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. We are legally his. It's binding. Uh, my brother, they've, they've adopted children, and, and guess what? Those children are theirs. Their last name, their name was changed. They, they, they signed the papers. They took the steps. They did everything, and there ain't nothing nobody can do about it now. Those kids are theirs. Listen, ain't nothing can separate you from the love. Ain't that what he said? We have been adopted by the Spirit. Now we are His. We belong to Him. He didn't just snatch us up and steal us away, but He said there's a process to go through. But if you go through the process, you become mine. You are my child. It says, uh, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now you know whose you are. You know who you belong to and you know uh, how you can act and how you can behave and how you can respond in every situation because now are we the sons of God. And it's important to remember that because of the very next line. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Just because you're his kid, don't think he's going to give up all the information. That's the fact. Sometimes people think, well, I, I, I pray and I'm the Lord's and I'm faithful to church and how come God don't let me in on this? Do you let your kids in on everything? And we'll tell our kids, you can talk to me about anything, but I ain't talking to you about everything. That's right. You don't talk to your kids about everything. Some things they're not ready to hear. You don't, you don't tell them everything because if you told them everything, they wouldn't behave. Hello? You know, there's some stuff you got to, got to be a little mystery there so they'll stay in line to find out down the road. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can tell them six months in advance, I got your birthday present. What is it? You're going to have to wait and see. You're going to walk the line for six months. <laughs> six months, they're going to remember. 
my mama, my daddy, my parents, they got my birthday present, so I can't be bad. I can't get no bad grades. I There's something here. If God told us everything, right, that's why it hasn't entered into the, in our minds or our hearts or anything, the things that God's prepared, because if we knew all about it already, we might say, we might start comparing it to other things and be like, that's not that much. Well, the Lord said, no, I'm, I'm not going to uh, tell you everything. And don't be mad because it does not yet appear what we shall be. God doesn't tell you from the beginning everything he's going to do in your life. You've got to just remember this. Even if you can't see what you're going to be, you're his. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't have to know every next step, Lord, because I know I'm yours. And that's enough to get me through every present situation. Now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we are constantly being molded and shaped to be like him. Because when he appears, in other words, there's a time coming. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back to get a church. Jesus is coming to catch his children away. He is coming back to get us one day. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like that. I want to remember that uh, I've got to hello, committed to who I am, and I've got to be committed to who he is, what he has made me. I want to be just like Jesus. I'm trying to remind you today, do you know who you are? Because if you've been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit, you're his. And you can try to disqualify yourself all you want to because of your mistakes or your slip-ups or whatever you want to call it. But he's going to still look at you and say, no, you're not a slave. You're not a servant. You are my son. Just remember who you are. That's one of the great lines in the story of the prodigal. It says, and he came to himself. All of a sudden, he remembered, this ain't who I'm supposed to be. And you know, after you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I think Paul wrote, said, how, how do you turn again to the weak and the beggarly elements? How, how do you go back to things that uh, you are ashamed of? And things? You, you don't go back to those kind of things. He said, after you've tasted and seen, you know when you cross that line or what, if take a step away from him, you're like, Mm-mm, I'm going in the wrong direction because I know what I felt when he got me. I know what he felt when he wa- what I felt when he washed me. I know what I felt when he filled me with his spirit. I know that I belong to him. Oh, nobody wants to displease their father. Nobody wants to upset, be, want their parents upset at them. Uh, but sometimes, you know, the Bible says the Lord uh, he will chasten or he will correct those that he loves. And sometimes he might have to correct you, but that's simply uh, because he loves you, just like we used to hear when we was little. Uh, this hurts me more than it does you. I don't know if I believe that, but, uh, but they'd say, I- I'm doing this because I love you. Well, I wish you didn't love me so much. You know, but, uh, you know, that, that I, think, I think one lick's enough. I'm, I'm good. But, you know, uh, God loves you. And you're his. And you can make it through any situation if you can just remember 
now. Oh, Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, now, at this present time, whatever you're going through in this present time, whatever it is, it's a trial of your faith. It's more precious than gold that perishes. And then Peter said, he said it might even be necessary right now. But you know that it's going to turn to your favor. It's going to turn uh, to your glory. It's going to turn out for a benefit for you because when God tries you, as Job said, you'll come out like gold. And, and I, I want to make sure tonight that I stay committed to who I am. The psalmist David, in Psalm 37 and 25, the two verses prior to that is where he talks about Steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down. And so he talks about God's children and their struggles. And they could even fall sometimes, but the hand of the Lord holds him up. But this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures, uh, simply because of the way God kind of just broke it open for me one day. He said, I have been young, and now I'm old. I've seen some things. I've been young, so that means I've seen what it's, I've lived life as a child growing up. I, I know what it's like to be young, to, have, to be strong. I know what it's like to have dreams. I know what it's like to, to, to have that, all that energy, that youth. Boy, miss that. To uh, have uh, just that, that zeal for life. I've been young. Young, you know, often means you've been foolish. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, Paul said. You know, I did childish things. We did that when we were children. That's, that's all right. Children, we don't know everything. We, we're, we're, it's on the job training for us. We're learning. So, we, so we've been young. We, all the things that come with being young, I've been there, seen that, experienced that. Now I'm old. I know what it's like to be old. I know what it's like to have aches and pains, have uh, regrets, uh, to wish maybe I'd done this different or that different. I know what it's like to look back. I know what it's like to, to, to be old and to watch people leave this world because the longer you live, the more people you're going to watch leave it. I know all, everything that being old encompasses. And, and David, if you read his life story, you'll read things that, that uh, his, his mistakes that he made, the things that broke his heart, Absalom, his son that betrayed him, and all the things that he did in his life. There, David loved the Lord. Man after God's heart, he had regrets in his life because of things that he had done. And, uh, you know, when he numbered the people, thousands of Israel died because he numbered the people. And, and so he, he made mistakes in his life. So he said, I, I've, I've lived life. I've seen so many things, experienced. I've got a lot of wisdom just from the things God has brought me through, things that I've seen. So, but he said, but even living a full life, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And I haven't seen his seed, that's his children. Now are we the sons of God, begging bread. The righteous are his children. The seed are his children. And he said, I've never seen God's children forsaken or begging bread. And one day I was reading that, and as we do, just reading through, and the Lord just kind of, pulled the brake on me, and he said, stop for a minute. He said, look at what David said. Yeah, I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken nor see begging bread. Yeah, but look at the life he lived. David would write about righteous people being killed. He said, no, you're not. That a righteous man 
has died today in Israel, and he would he he lamented over even over Saul and Jonathan and those people. He he he'd seen a lot of things go on, but he said, "I've never seen the righteous forsaken." And the Lord said, "Yeah, but David has seen him in every other situation that you could think of. I've seen the the righteous. I've seen God's children. I've seen them sick. I've seen them hurt. I've seen them broke." I've seen them damaged. I've seen them cry. I've seen them laugh. I've seen God's children in every possible scenario. I've seen them fall. I've seen them fail. I've seen them beg. I've seen them struggle. I've seen them fight. I've seen them bitter and anger. I mean, I've seen them sick on their deathbed. I've seen them in every situation, but I have never seen them forsaken. God was with them in every present situation. Because they were always his children. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So David said, whatever present situation they were in, God was with them. And they never did without what they needed to live. They always had that bread. Always had that bread. They were never beggars of bread. Friend, God is faithful to us and he does not forsake us we should not forsake him if you've never seen the righteous forsaken then the righteous shouldn't forsake him when Israel would forsake God that's where things started going sideways it's amazing I'm reading through the Old Testament again right now and I've never ceased to be just amazed how it can change from one generation to the next there can be a king building the temple, putting everything back, setting things in order. They die. Here comes that ornery kid right behind them and starts tearing Jerusalem up and Judah up. And, and, man, and, and man, God just sends them off into captivity. And, and they get, because you can't forsake that commitment to him. We shouldn't forsake him. The scripture says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, Forever. He was the Son of God. And He was committed. He was steadfast. And we should strive. I know we're not Him. And I know we're going to make our fair share of blunders. But we should still try to be just like Jesus. However, you saw me yesterday is how you're going to see me today. And the Lord willing, that's how you'll see me forever. Because when I see him, and then that's, that's eternity, I'm going to be like him. That's, that's forever. That's eternity. So one day we are going to see him. He's going to appear, and we're going to see him and be like him because we're going to see him as he is. And every man that has this hope, if you have hope of that, then take steps to maintain your walk. Every man that has this hope, he purifies himself. You know, when you're purifying something, you're getting the things out that shouldn't be there. And so that's what we do. We work out our salvation. We start examining ourselves, the Scripture says, to see if we're in the faith. And, and we uh, purify ourselves through prayer and, and studying of His Word and washing of the Word. And the Bible says, sanctify us through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Let's get more of the truth in us so that we know how to walk and how to live and what to do. Don't, don't try to live for God without reading His Word. 
Oh, the Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. This, so you, you, you can't have a life if you stay away from the word. Let me tell you, there ain't no singing or music to me nowhere like what, what we hear here. But every one of these musicians and singers will tell you, you won't make it to heaven just off singing and music. And that ain't a, that ain't a slam against musicians and singers. They're needed in the house of God. But we're born again by the word of God. And, and so, uh, you know, so don't just come and be entertained. Live your life for the Lord. Give your life to him and then be committed to who you are. I, the son of God, when you go on vacation, now, on vacation, You don't take a vacation from being his kid. How do I act on vacation? How do I act when I go to town? How do I act when I go here or there or wherever? You know, you, you, don't, don't be like, well, when in Rome. Rome, Rome burned. Don't be like Rome. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say, well, when in Rome. No, 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 no. We're not, no Rome, Rome ain't our city. Jerusalem's our city. We won't, I don't want Rome. So uh, I, I don't, I don't want to throw in my lot. You know, I've said this before. I, I don't want to be part of the crowd. I want to be part of the cloud. The Bible says now we can pass about with such a great cloud of witnesses. And so I want to be uh, those witnesses of faith. I, I want to be part of the cloud, not the crowd. I, I, want, to, I want to keep my commitment uh, to Jesus. You know, we... We want to be like him often, you know, in, well, I want to be like him and love people the way Jesus loved them. I want to have mercy the way Jesus had mercy. You know, I want to reach out to people the way Jesus reached out. And, and man, every bit of that's good. But I think what we need to make sure of is in all of that, that we strive to be like not just the merciful Christ, the forgiving Christ, the loving Christ, but the committed Christ because it was his commitment that brought us our salvation. Yeah, It was his commitment that every time he saw people in need that he always, he was, he was, if he was anything, he was committed. And so if I'm going to be, have any quality that's going to come from Christ, I want it to be that commitment. He was committed to who he was. He said, whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm saying, it's because I've seen it and heard it from my father. That's it. Nobody else is influencing me here. I'm doing the things that he has sent me to do. And so that's the way we need to be committed to who we are. Honey, you can come to the music. Well, I didn't even jump on any of these other pages, but I think I'm, I think I'm at the stopping point. I think the Lord's saying, that's good. <laughs> that's where you need to stop. Let's stand together. I know that life can be full of ups and downs and man, things can come out of nowhere. Things can catch us off guard, hit us out of the blue, so to speak, you know, just whatever uh, description you want to use. But no matter what hits us, and I, I mean this now, you say, well, you just don't know. I said, well, you know, I may not know everything that people are going through. 
But I do know the Lord. And I do know what his word says. And there ain't nothing that should ever hit us so hard that we stop being committed to him. I just, there's too much scripture for a committed child of God to ward off any anything, no matter how out of the blue it comes, no matter what it is, that if we trust God, God will get us through it. Because he said, in the world you'll have tribulation. God, he never pulled punches and said, oh, it's going to be, you're going to just be smelling roses every day. It's just going to be fine. Don't you worry about it. He said, no, there's going to be fiery trials. There's going to be trouble. You know, even David, when he wrote about that betrayal with Saul, he said, Joe, if it if it had been my enemy, or if it had been you know somebody, uh, one of the Philistines, I, I could take that. He said, but it was you, my equal. We went to church together. We worshiped together. And, and uh, man, and that's what hurt somebody. Yeah. But even that, David never stopped worshiping God, serving God. And I know that it can hurt. Ooh, it can hurt. But really, do you think there's anything that could hurt you so bad that it would make you stop serving God? I just, I can't see that. It would just make me want to cry out to him and seek him and reach out for him because he didn't do it. So I'm not going to take it out on him. He doesn't forsake me when I mess up. I'm not going to forsake him when things are going bad. He's been with me through the good, bad, and the ugly. I think I I owe it to him to stick with him. And so you just remember, whatever present situation you are in, now you are his child because of the great love that he had for you and has for you. 